0: I have Milena. Crawford, and Milena is the author of the best-selling novel, A Fistful of Honey, a novel that was called A Must Read by Oprah Winfrey Network's Ian LaVanzant, who is now her teacher. Milena's passion is transformation. She's the founder of the Black Divine Feminine Reawakened Group on Facebook, a group that has 70K followers. And it's a group dedicated to revolutionizing the way Black women see and experience themselves. Milena travels the world with her message of healing, one that is informed from her own transformation from homelessness and tragedy to a six-figure coaching and real estate business. Wow. Melina, welcome to the show. We're so happy to have you here. Thank you so much, Keisha. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. So I just wanted to get started, Melina, with your journey because it just seems So amazing the journey you've had. And, you know, like we were talking previously, we have similar stories and yours starts with homelessness and tragedy and just this amazing journey. So, can you walk us through the homelessness period? And I know you had a battle with depression as well. So many people are battling with this pandemic. So, if you could just tell us that story, that would be amazing.
1: Absolutely. So, my story of homelessness, chaos, and all that really began in childhood and adolescence. So due to circumstances in my own parents' journey, we found ourselves, yeah, we were homeless. We were in and out of campsites sometimes, shelters. I mean, we had homes, um, but we did find ourselves in homelessness. So that kind of set the stage for me as far as just a lack of self-worth a lot of uh, feeling, you know, that there was something inherently flawed in me that I was having this experience. So I think that set the stage for my adulthood relationships in adulthood. And that's where a lot of the depression came, just getting into relationships with that were unhealthy, that were toxic, and that were really just speaking to that inner child, if you will, to her unworthiness, really proving it and confirming it. So yeah, 2008 is where I really got my breakthrough. And it was in the midst of losing a relationship that I gained myself, my sense of womanhood, my purpose in life and my passion for life. So I really, I called out to God, what is my purpose? What is my purpose? And I didn't really expect an answer. I think I was just desperate for one, but I heard crystal clearly to heal yourself and to heal women. And so that's where the spiritual journey, my spiritual transformation, you mentioned uh, in your book, that's when it happened. And I think when things break open, they really break through. And so that's what happened for me. I had to find out who I was. And I also had to reconnect with my divinity, the real
0: truth of myself. So yes, that is amazing. So I have goosebumps already and we've just started. So, you know, reconnecting with your spirituality, that's, so true. And that resonates with me so much because that's what I had to do in the midst of my tragedy as well. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, in the book, I talk about this spiritual transformation and all of that too. So Molina, mm-hmm. once you got that message from God telling you that yeah. for sure this was your purpose, because that yes. in itself is like a gift, Oh my you goodness, know, that's goodness. such a gift. How did you go <laughs> forward with that message mm-hmm. of that? Yes, this is it and go forward now and help women. How did you take that charge and run with it? Yeah. So in that time in in,
1: so 2008, 13 years ago, I was very much in a Christian oriented box. My sisters were starting to introduce me to things like the secret and that kind of stuff. But I was still very kind of skeptical. But I knew in my heart that God meant spiritual healing. I knew that he didn't mean go to medical school and go heal women physically. I just knew it had to do with their spirits and their hearts and my spirit and my heart. So funny enough, we have a newsletter here that has all kinds of like spiritual products, spiritual services. And so on the cover of the newsletter, big, like huge font, it was a Qigong course. It was a four day course. And immediately like my heart set a flutter like this is where this is the first breadcrumb this is where you need to go and qigong is an energetic practice it's kind of like tai chi but again i was still very skeptical like okay i'm gonna go i'm gonna follow but i don't know about this but in the class i had a profound moment of just everything was confirmed So we did this exercise where I felt my energy. I could viscerally feel my energy and I just felt so empowered in that moment. And it was a confirmation that, yes, it is about spirit. It is about empowerment that might be outside the box of religion, but really into spirituality. So long story short, I started my journey at InterVision, the uh, Spiritual Life Coaching Institute. and. Yeah, everything as I was healing, everything opened up. The blueprint for healing, the blueprint for just renewal came alive. So it continued to 2013. I, I'm sure we'll talk about the book later on. But 2013 was a second profound experience that I had
0: as far as healing. Milena, so you started on that track. The blueprint opened up to you and then how did that segue into, you know, what you're doing now? Is it that you just started the coaching practice once you were able to solidify in your head, how you wanted to go about healing women? Is that how it happened?
1: Yes. So we know that we cannot teach what we most need to learn. So as I was going about with my coaching practice, things would open up that I needed to still heal. And so As I learned, I taught. As I perfected, I taught and I shared. So one of the things was just really taking responsibility for my healing. It wasn't my fault. It's not our fault, but it definitely is our responsibility. And I love what you talk about in your book about grit. And that's what I was learning, how to have true grit, true resilience through everything that I had gone through and was going through because I didn't lose my mate to death, but I lost him to a breakup. And so, you know, becoming a single mother and all the shame and guilt that came with that. And then it broke open wounds from childhood. So dealing with that, but having the resilience, having knowing, I think in, in your book, you say, or something to the effect of just knowing what is truly a constraint and what's not. So it helped me to really dig into my strength. And and that's what I mean about getting to know ourselves as women. Like I, this, this really hurts. And this is really, this is brand new pain, (laughs) a level of pain that I had not experienced but I can get through this. This is not stopping me. This is actually serving me. Life is actually for me as I walk through these valleys. Yeah, that's how it came about. And so as I was healing, as I was getting shined up and spirit was working with me, women were attracted to my message and and to what I was sharing. And I just had such a passion for women's empowerment. Like when, when the light bulb came on for me and I realized like, I'm not a victim in no way am I a victim of life and I can transform anything that I don't want. I can transform. So it just became just such a passion of mine to share that with other women who had had experienced wounding, experienced this empowerment in some way. Like we truly have the power to create whatever we want. Whether you came from poverty, as I did, I completely transformed that from a choice that I'm going to have a different experience and it is
0: possible. Yeah, absolutely. And so, Melina, now you have a real estate business as well as the coaching business. And so it's just amazing to me that you went from homelessness in your childhood to now being a real estate investor, which for you must be just. Amazing. So can you tell us how that started? And I also want to you know what advice and tips you'd have for women who want to invest in real estate, but they probably lack the cash flow, the capital to do so. And and especially during COVID, you know, in light of that too. Yeah. So
1: I bought my first property at 24. And so what I did was kind of snowball. So I ended up paying that off and the house appreciated. So appreciation For anybody who's a beginner, just your house is going up in value. It went up in value over a hundred thousand dollars within maybe four years of me buying it. So I would take that out and buy more properties. So that's definitely a strategy that a, a lot of investors use. But yeah, so real estate is such a powerful tool for wealth. I think If it's not the most powerful because we know the markets fluctuate, although here in the U.S. in my area, the pandemic has been very good to the real estate market, at least for sellers, because our values are going out of control. But even if the market went down, everyone needs a house. You always need somewhere to live. So real estate for me was just a natural investment. And so to anyone starting out who doesn't have the cash flow, for one thing, think about partnering. You can think about who might have more capital than you, but is, is willing to join in and you can maybe share a percentage if you decide to fix and flip. If you have a retirement account and you can take, I wouldn't take a lot, but if you can take a little to put towards a down payment on a property, you can do that. One thing, if your market is very high or very saturated, you can look at other markets. So right now I look across different states for investments, markets that are up and coming or markets that are kind of overlooked. Lisa Phillips, if you go on Facebook, she has an amazing group for markets under 50 and $30,000. So that is a small cap investment. And she's got a Facebook group. That is a wonderful way to get into the real estate market. So if you are putting money down on a 30K investment, I mean, if you needed even 10%, that's not a terrible amount of money uh, to put out. And um, I think those are the best ways. Join with someone else. You might take money from your retirement account or you just saved it up. There are also if you are a first time home buyer there's so many programs that will grant you money to get started. My strategy now is to really I look at multi units, so triplexes, quads and things like that. So you can do something called house hacking where you live in the property and you also have your tenants living in the same property but as your if they are paying you rent you're getting your mortgage paid. So that's a really powerful way to do things and I'm not sure about Canada, but there are programs here in the US that will help you do that so you can get an FHA uh, to do that. I believe Freddie Mac will help you do that. So yeah, there are just so many ways there's so many possibilities. If it's in your heart to do real estate, do it because the money is there, the opportunity is there. but first and foremost, get the education, know what you're getting into. That's why I highly recommend Lisa Phillips so that you are not getting taken by a scam so that you are not getting into a situation that's going to be more costly than profitable. Uh, So you really know what you're doing. So you have so many resources available to you. And I believe, and I know that anything is possible and real estate just It accrues so much wealth in such a shorter amount of time than saving. In my opinion, I just think it's such a powerful
0: powerful tool in your investment portfolio. And something I also talk about in my book, Holistic Wealth. And, you know, I have firsthand knowledge of, because just like you, you know, I'm invested in real estate and found it to be such a resilient investment. And, you know, especially for women, especially for women, for so many reasons, (laughs) Um, it's such a powerful tool. And I completely agree with everything you said, Melina. And so you have the coaching business, you have real estate. And so, Milena, in terms of your coaching business, because this is also a show about entrepreneurship and so many female entrepreneurs have been telling us about how they built from ground up, whether it's the coaching business or another kind of business, how they acquired their clients and and started to build profitably. And I know we haven't touched on that yet. So before we get into the book, which I also want to hear about, can you just tell us how you grew the business, your client acquisition methods, how you got your coaching clients? Yeah, sure. So I started off with all women,
1: any woman who was looking to get through blocks and so forth. Now my focus is really on heart-centered entrepreneurs, women entrepreneurs who need to remove inner blocks in order to have that success in their businesses. And so here's the holistic part of me. I always think of things energetically. So you must align your energy and really know who it is that you want to serve and really be excited about your clients and your tribe. When you have that alignment, Everything that's going to come your way, because it's going to take time to build the clientele to test your products, your coaching, all that out. But when you have that excitement, you have that zeal and it's aligned with what you're doing, you will go far no matter what you'll be able to keep moving. So as far as clientele, most of mine has been word of mouth and also just visibility So once you're aligned there with share what you love, share why you love doing what you're doing, really get out there and put your energy out there when you're first starting out. And it's just energy. They will be attracted to you. They will receive what it is you're putting out there. They will want to know more about you. They will know, like and trust you, which is the key really to building your business. Let them get to know you. Let them like you or not. Whoever doesn't like you, you know, will fade into the sunset. But those who like you will love you and let them trust you. When you put your products out there, do it with excellence. When you put your um, workshops or whatever it is, whether it's free or low cost or it's your bigger budget products and offerings, put everything out there in excellence and mind your intentions when you're putting it out there. You know, just be intentional about everything. And it's not a miracle. It's energy. It's, I guess you would call it the law of attraction, but yeah, it starts with you and how you feel about your business. And yeah, so clients started coming in that way, doing things like this, podcasting, networking with other women entrepreneurs. And just being authentic as you possibly can, you know, and then aside from the business practice is the inner game. So it's all about being confident to not only put yourself out there, but receive payment, receive, you know, what you deserve for your services. And that really counts
0: a lot for your success as a coach. Wise words there. And so, Melena, you wrote this book and it's a novel, which is amazing. Can you tell us more about the book and how you decided to write a novel? So my second profound experience that I had
1: that changed my life was in 2013. And Trayvon Martin's Murderer had just gotten off. And I was absolutely livid with God. Like, I I just couldn't believe that we were still in 2013 and black and brown people were still experiencing this level of injustice. So I had another prayer, another on my knees moment, like, tell me why. You know, I want answers. And so what came back to me that night and every morning, rather, from like 3 a.m. to 4 a.m., like clockwork the next two months, the answers, the truth about Black people in human history, the truth about our true worth and majesty and all of that. And so I was also given the nudge to tell my own story and tell it all. Now, of course, you know, my, my work is fiction. It's not all my life. Like some of the harder topics, I don't want to ruin the book for anyone, but it's not all my life, but it was like a cathartic process, you know? And so, yeah, I really did not set out to write a novel, which is the funny part, but you know, God saw it differently, but I've always loved writing. I've been writing since I was seven years old. So, yeah. So I wrote the journey of myself, which is Melina. And I gave the world Alina, who is the protagonist. And, you know, she had all my old woundings. She had issues with her skin complexion. She had issues with being a black woman, thought that wealth and status were going to cover her pain. And it did not. As a result, she was not the the best person. She was, you know, Get a lot of judgment for her own people and for her own family. And so in the book, you watch Alina come out of this superficial and wounded place and really understand the wounds that not only she had, but a lot of Black women have, a lot of women have, even men. I have a lot of men writing me too. Moving through that, she has a hero's journey and she's got to, she finds out that she's part of this ancient sect that she is chosen to save humanity. And so it's this adventure through all of these, you know, different realms, different characters, amazing characters, where she really has to learn who she is and learn to love those parts of herself, herself that she tried to cast away. And so, yeah, it's like the completion of my healing inside of a book.
0: No, that's amazing. (laughs) And there's something that you said earlier when you just started that really intrigued me. Like you mentioned the answer you got from God and you mentioned or story or history uh, from ancient civilizations. And I just want to hear just a bit more about that because we've been having that discussion in our family too. And, you know, with recent events, we had the, the George Floyd trial just a few days ago with a verdict and for all black people around the world, that was highly emotional. I mean, I'm covered in goosebumps now. It was so emotional for all of us. I mean, we held our breath before the verdict. And so, Melina, if you could just give a few insights into the message that you got and, you know, your thoughts on where we go from here, that would be great. Yeah. So
1: black people, this
0: is this is science. This is not just my opinion. We
1: birthed humanity. We are the the sons and daughters who started everything. And so there was a lot that happened that went wrong in the beginning. And I think a lot of it had to be corrected, which you'll see in the book. But There are forces that want to divide all of humanity, but most of all black people, because we've been lied to about who we are, about our value, especially, you know, the diaspora. We've been told that we're worthless. We've been told that our history is evil. We've been told that who we are at our core is so flawed that we're just three fifths a person. And so that lie has lived in our DNA and it had to be corrected. And so it's all about us remembering who we are, you know, like we have so much power, just innate spiritual power that there are forces that want to push that down. And we can see it in the laws that started the USA. I'm not proficient in Canadian laws, but, you know, with the Dred Scott decision and all of that stuff. So when we refute that, though, and defy that lie, defy those lies of inferiority, that's when we will have our victory. And it's not just a victory for Black people. It's a victory for all of humanity, because we really Set the pace. And so in order to move forward another, I'll call it a curse from the past, you know, selling brothers and sisters off to, to slavery, but even before slavery, just the tribalism and all that is the disunity, the disunity of black people. If we could unify and truly come together and realize that we've all been under this pallor of a lie, we will heal it all we will heal it all. We will heal the injustice. And just look at how we've come together. Of course, it's not just been Black people. It's been all of our brothers and sisters and humanity. But look what we've been able to do with the unified voice of, no, we're not taking it anymore. You know, we're not taking it anymore. And so it's so crucial right now to get this message to our children, you know, that it's a lie that you are inferior because I feel like I'm trying to be really careful with <laughs> my words. But yeah, so like the portrayal that we have in the media, I feel like the over-sexualized portrayal of Black women and, the you know, just overly aggressive and violent and portrayal of black men, that's all been part of this machine, you know? And so if you feel like this is you and this is all you can aspire to and you're unworthy and everybody else around you is worthy um, and you have to apologize for your skin color, you have to apologize for being black and all this crap, then what will the future look like if that is your identity? You know, like it's all very deliberate to create an identity of inferiority. And so we really have to get into our kids' mind. Like you truly, not in, a, um, not in a trite sort of way, like you're royal. You're No, you are royalty. You are majestic. You set the pace for humanity. You have to remember that and walk tall. I don't care what anyone thinks or says about you. You go out there knowing who you are. And when you have when you have a child that walks through the world with that sort of confidence, the outcome is very different. The generation will be very different. It'll be a generation that won't accept, you know, disunity and injustice and all that stuff. So I have faith in I don't know how old your boys are, but um, I have a Gen Z (laughs) daughter. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so I, I really have a lot of hope for them, you know, that they will be the generation that will defy this lie that's been running through our veins and just really correct our course, you know, really correct our course. I, I think that is it. This sense of unworthiness that has manifested itself in all, all kinds of pain in our relationship, in things that we as a community have allowed. But I have faith that that is healing. I have faith that we are waking up we're getting to critical mass, maybe not in my lifetime, but we're getting to critical mass where it's like no more. This is going to be a totally changed earth, a new earth, uh, which I
0: talk about in the book. And you're right. There's so much healing that's needed. There's so, so, so much healing. And melina I know you have that Facebook group that reaches over 70K women, which is amazing. And it basically geared towards that, which is also great because that's so needed in in the community and for so many reasons, because the trauma just multiplies and multiplies. So it's amazing. And so, you know, in my book, Holistic Wealth, like I remember when I went through my tragedy and I was going through my healing, there was something that just opened up to me and it's in the realm of finances, this aspect of finances now. And, um, Um, like so many women, like I question myself. And even though I'm a trained economist and I've written, you know, budgets at the highest level and done these amazing things. Like I still questioned everything. And so readers came back and they said, you know, you talk about this financial identity that everyone should have their own personal financial identity. Can you tell us how to identify ours? And at the time I didn't have anything. And so during the first part of lockdown, like I worked on it to try to help readers identify theirs. And I came up with this personal identity framework and and this free quiz to help everyone, because I think it's such a critical part of who we are, how we make decisions and how we develop our confidence. And I know you took the quiz, so I'd love to hear your results and how it's, you know, impacted your money philosophy and and how you go about how it influences, you know, the decisions you take in your own business and in your own personal life, maybe even as a parent. Um, So eager to hear about that because I've been getting so many insights from so many wonderful guests about this personal financial identity. So I'll stop talking now and let you tell the audience your results and, you know, your thoughts. So I
1: just want to say thank you so much for introducing that to the world, because that's a huge pillar of self-empowerment is financial empowerment.
0: So I am a risk taker, according to your quiz. Yeah. And so does that resonate with what you thought you would be and your life so far? Which I think so, for sure. But oh, for sure. Yeah.
1: Just being the first one in my family to start investing like that's that was a huge risk. Yeah. But I've always had now calculated risks. I think you also mentioned that in the book. I am definitely a calculated risk taker and sometimes you know, I'll just leap. <laughs> like we're doing this. <laughs> we're doing this. Yeah, but that's that's how I look at my investment. The way that I invest, it's like you have to take a risk. I bought a multi-unit at the height of COVID, but it was just such a great deal and a lot of investors were like, there don't buy anything until this is all over. And it just something inside of me was like, no, I'm I'm gonna take the risk, you know, and um, now because of the way the market flipped, what I, I don't think anybody saw coming was the values went way up, the prices went way up because of the low inventory. When I calculate the risk and I think about, you know, what what can the outcome be? What are the possibilities here? That's the
0: way that I live my life and move forward. That's amazing. And so you bought it at the beginning. Was it was at the beginning of COVID and now it's gone up in value already. Yeah, I bought it in May of last year, which we've been in, in uh, quarantine for
1: two months at that point. And yeah, the the values have gone ridiculously crazy since I bought last
0: year. Yeah, no, that's amazing.
1: If I had waited, if I had not taken the risk, I wouldn't have gotten into that market
0: just would have been too high uh, for me to do. That's a great example of taking a risk in a time where everybody's nervous and everybody's anxious, you know, about money and, and where this is all heading and just life in general, you know, and so, so definitely the risk taker and, and that's amazing. And you can see it with your, you know, with your real estate business and, and your philosophy on you know, using leverage and and you mentioned earlier in the podcast about, you know, using equity in a home and pulling that out to then reinvest it into multiple properties, which some people might find, um, you know, very risky. But that's definitely an investment strategy that can pay huge dividends um, when you think of building a real estate portfolio. And so Melina is real estate because I know you have the coaching business. So you have the streams of income there and then you have the real estate. So is, which one is the larger uh, in, in one in your portfolio? Like if you were to look at your different streams of income and, you know, which one would you say is the strongest in terms of? Oh,
1: real estate by far. I have amassed a mass of pretty nice passive income from real estate. And then, of course, you're not just getting rental income. You're also getting appreciation in your properties. So real estate blesses you doubly. Yeah, even triply. Like if you're doing a house hack, like I mentioned before, then you have even your housing taken care of. I'm not house hacking, but
0: yeah, definitely real estate. You know, it's kind of the same for me. And I know for listeners who are listening in and are wondering, as you mentioned, having the courses, you have the books, then there's the real estate. So there's a lot of different lines of income coming in. I know for courses, though, it might not be as passive in terms of the work that goes in to get clients in. Because I know with courses, there are multiple people running webinars and workshops and know to get clients to buy into the courses whereas with real estate you get a renter you set it it's automatic you get you know your rent every month you get your income and it's going up in value too you know so yeah the course is not so passive but real estate for sure has has the edge in terms of giving you the freedom and this is what i you know i even mentioned in my book giving you the freedom to take a pause
1: oh yeah oh yes and i love what you said about a sabbatical, because I'm up for one. (laughs) I'm up for one. Let me just admit this. I am a lady of leisure. I am not a hustler. I do not like all that grinding. Now, real estate, you know, sometimes you do have to hustle a little. Like if you, you have a rehab or renovation, you got to like, it takes some energy, but you are doing all that work one time, you know, to get to secure your investment and then you can relax. But so I'm a lady of leisure. I like to live my life. And, you know, as clients come into the coaching business, that is beautiful. I don't like when coaches feel so stressed and so pressed to get clients. Then, oh, my God, I have to fill this because then your authenticity kind of shakes because now you're thinking about sustenance and um so I like to just be easy about things. There's more than enough coming in. Thank you for the real estate. And, you know, as the clients come in with the coaching, they come. Whoever's attracted to me, they come. But I think that's that's one of the many reasons real estate is so powerful because it allows you to breathe. We're not saying that things don't happen with your properties, but by and large, you can relax as an event once you've put in the work, you know, in the front end. You can really relax in the back end and let
0: your work pay you. I just absolutely love real estate for that. Yes, absolutely. And it's so amazing when I listen to you speak and you're the risk taker and I am too. I think the motivation there behind the risk taker is to take that risk at the front end so you can like have that moment of pause. And I know for me, that's always been my goal. And even before I went through that tragedy, it was my goal. And so, you know, having been through the tragedy and having to take that pause because I didn't have a choice, my husband died like eight weeks after I gave birth. It really brought it home to me, Malena, how important that pillar of your portfolio is. And so you know now i help women design their own holistic wealth portfolios and now i'm like you know i'm biased because already i'm like well if i can't see how you would take that pause you know already there's a problem with the portfolio you know and so i'm happy for the wisdom that you've shared and that the wisdom that we have and that we can pass on to other women through our own experience and empower them to make those decisions in their lives that you know that will get them to the place they want to be. And so, Melina, just ending, can you tell the audience where they can find you, your websites and, you know, your social media accounts? Sure. You can
1: find me on melinacrawford.com. This M-A-L-E-N-A crawford.com. And you can find me on Instagram at Melina Crawford. And you can always email me or DM me at either one of those. And then they can get the novel on Amazon, Books a Million or Barnes
0: and Noble. Melina, thank you so much for sharing your story, your journey, which has been amazing. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. Like We had a a great time and I'm so grateful that you shared your wisdom with our audience. It was my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for joining us this week on Holistic Wealth with Keisha Blair. Make sure to visit our website, keishablair.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or via RSS, so you will never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Are you a member of the Institute on Holistic Wealth? If not, what are you waiting for? Go to Institute on Holistic Wealth slash memberships to choose your membership plan and join. As a member, you get so many perks. Free worksheets, advice, coaching, and a member's workshop to design an intentionally designed life. You need to figure out your life purpose? Take the Build Your Life Purpose Portfolio online self-paced course. You're struggling with all your money decisions? Take the free financial identities quiz and then take the course. You recently had a breakup, job loss, or experienced the death of a loved one? Take the Holistic Healing Course. You need an overall plan to achieve holistic wealth? We will help you figure out your holistic wealth blueprint. And of course, if you want to start making money by helping others achieve holistic wealth, become a certified holistic wealth consultant. Regardless of what career you've got, the Institute will show you how to increase your income and walk in your purpose. The sooner you join, the sooner you start to achieve a more holistically wealthy lifestyle. And you're going to want to stay for a very long time. So go to Institute on Holistic Wealth slash memberships to join. If you haven't read the book yet, pick up a copy of the award-winning, best-selling Holistic Wealth 32 life lessons to help you find purpose, prosperity, and happiness.